0: I'm actually on a mushroom binge right now. Like, <laughs> I think it's like fuck therapy. Fuck, re- I ain't going to say that. Shouts out to BetterHelp. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like Danny Brown shout. Say back, relax your eyes now. Why your main studio? It's like Danny Brown shout. We about to get live. Let's go. Let's go. It's like Danny Brown show, sit back, relax your eye ready now while your mate studio's It's like Danny Brown show we about to get live, let's go!
0: What's up motherfuckers? We back up in this bitch. It's that Danny Brown show. Shouts out to all y'all motherfuckers out there, man. I got that motherfucking booth boys with me. What's up with y'all niggas, man? Yo, yo, yo what yo, up? Yo, yo, what's up man? Yeah, man. I'm I'm sorry to tell y'all motherfuckers, I, I relapsed. <laughs> I'm back drinking. Um, blame Tony Hinchcliffe. I went and hang out with um Tony Hinchcliffe last night. With um he had Ron White over and um, Jeff Ross. I mean, just that combo right there. I was like, "Fuck!" He takes me like pull up to the crib. He told me who was coming. I was like, "Fuck! I gotta go over there." I didn't. Um, I didn't have any intentions on getting drunk or drinking or doing anything like that. But you know, things happen when you hang out with you know cool people and shit. And I was like, "Fuck it, let me have a drink." You know what I'm saying? Before I know it, I'm drunk as fuck and I'm in a. Um, I called the Uber. From his place to my crib but I guess tripping off mushrooms and all the shit that I was doing I called the Uber to the barbershop that I go to and the Uber dropped me off at the barbershop so I'm in the you know he got like the eel pool and the hot tub and all that shit so I'm literally in like in my fucking um, flip flops and uh, swimming trunks and shit still halfway wet sitting in a parking lot at 5am not realizing like what a fuck, you know, cause I called the Uber to take me home, but I get I don't know. I was on my But thank God my bitch is um ill. She's ill as fuck and she makes me keep my location on all the time. So she knew where I was at. <laughs> and I remember I just was so defeated. Cause she was an African Uber. You know, African ladies, they don't play that shit. Like people always talk about like racism and shit. Nobody is more racist than African motherfuckers. Towards Real black people. You know what I'm saying? They like, you ain't real, you ain't real black. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess, like real Africans versus African Americans. That's the most racism I ever faced in my life compared to white people. You know what I'm saying? But a real African, would will be like, nigga, get out of my car. They don't even say nigga. I'm talking shit. They don't say nigga. They don't like that shit. But but she she dropped me off at the um the barbershop um parking lot. I'm like, bitch. I don't live here Why the fuck cuz I didn't realize that I, I put that in the Uber you know what I'm saying She dropped me off there I'm I'm sitting in the fucking my girl but then it was like a life a life changing thing just seeing the fucking um and we say this too all the time and um a white bitch in a Porsche Cayenne deadly That's deadly If you that's road rage if any a blonde white bitch drive a Porsche Cayenne will definitely cut you off in the road like you are going to so, yeah, white bitches in Porsche Cayennes, you got to watch out for them. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, my girl, she drives a Porsche Cayenne. So, when I saw the um, Cayenne pull up, when I saw it, I was like, uh, I felt like my life was, oh, she saved my life. And then she pulled me up. She pulled up, and we went home, and she, I went to sleep. But we talked about it this morning, like driving me here because I don't have a phone now. <laughs> so, she was driving me here, and she was like, you know you're kind of a mess. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, is that like a um uh, software, like, breaking it to me? Like, how are you kind of a mess? You're either a mess or you're not. You get what I'm saying? But I love my girl. I love you, baby. Thank you. You saved my life. You know what I'm saying? So She said, but she did say that. She's like, I was so fucking mad at you. I was pissed. But when she picked me up from the um, barbershop parking lot, At 5 a.m., she saw the look of defeat on my face. That She couldn't even be mad at me no more. She was like, man, this nigga. I was like a puppy dog in headlights. Like When I saw that car, I was like, my life is changed. Like, oh, my God, bitch, you saved me. And she literally, she grabbed it. Oh, she ain't even had shoes on. She's barefoot. Fucking hopping. Yeah, white woman, barefoot in a Porsche Cayenne. Oh, my God. You're going to get shot in traffic. You cut that bitch off. You cut a white bitch off driving. All right. All right. We're going. Because to... <laughs> she'd be listening to the podcast, too. That's another thing, too. She does. She'd be like, because I tell my family members, I tell everybody, like, if you really love me and you really care about me, why do you listen to this shit? Why would you watch this? Why would you? If you really cared about me, you know what I'm saying? If you really love me as Danny Brown, like, you fuck with me like that, you shouldn't be watching this shit. All right. What we drumming to some um axe Danny's? Axe Danny Producer Payne. Hey Danny, I'm a producer and I got rappers asking me for beats. But when they're in the studio, they just bring some whack shit or some basic freestyles that I gave them some time to come up with with a well-written verse. I don't want to be a dick because everyone deserves a dream, but I also don't want the guilt of taking money for the studio time and nothing gets done. If hold up. It's one thing if they bring their own beats. But when they want to be on my tracks, I feel they need to be, you know, to a high level. All right, I get that. Are my standards too high or do I need to start shopping my music to a higher clientele? Thanks, big homie. Cody. Um, What it sounds like to me is that um, you really just love making music and it's not about a um, financial gain for you. Which is, we're the same here. So at the end of the day, you're thinking too hard um, and you're trying to make money off your music by having musicians come through and to even have that thought process of like, man, I got niggas rapping on my beats and I don't like that shit Like, So you just, you shouldn't even be doing that. You get what I'm saying? Like if you really care about your music and you want to make music at the end of the day, like you're saying, shot reach to a higher clientele? Maybe you're not on that level yet. So the best thing you should do is just, it's like anything else, like fucking, like, it's anything else. You got to get to the level of that and then that shit will come to you. You get what I'm saying? So it sounds like to me that you don't wanna make music for a financial gain. You really wanna make music to be creative and put your shit out there. So stop thinking about the money part. Stop um, having random rappers come to your studio paying for time and shit. I mean, if that's the way you pay your bills, then I understand that. So that's what it has to be. But at the end of the day, this shouldn't be anything you look at for a financial gain. You get what I'm saying? The only way you make money from music. This might be the dumbest shit I'm telling you because it's probably real motherfuckers. They were like, no, no, that's retarded. But the only way you really, to me, like you got to do it from your heart and do it for the love and it sounds so fucking old school and retarded and cliche, but when you don't really care about making money from it, that's when you kind of start making money from it. When you thinking too hard about making money and shit. So it sounded like to me like you a producer, you got a studio and you selling Studio time to random rappers and shit like that. If you really want to be in the music industry and you want to, then your studio shouldn't be used for other people. You should be just in the studio all the time trying to create the, you, you're wasting a lot of time recording other people when you could just be using that time, perfecting your production. So that's what I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> Next up. My girl wants to go back into sex work. All right. I don't even got to read this (laughs) to tell you what. All right. But I already got a um, thought process in my head. But I don't even got to. Hey, Danny. My girl is a former sex worker and considering going back to the lifestyle for the sweet payola. We weren't together when she started the job. She took a long break. We got together. And now she's struggling for gas. And she's thinking it's her only option. She's pretty unmotivated about finding any other work to support herself and her family. She lives with her mom, a chronically ill brother. I love her. 100% behind the idea she's going sideways. Accidental pregnancies, STIs, abuse, and all-around stressful. Any advice? What would you do if you were a 26-year-old bloke in Australia? Cheers. Shots out to D.C. Um, You got a freak, bitch. That's all that is, and at the end of the day, you gotta be a freaky ass nigga to um, wanna be with a bitch like that. And it doesn't sound like she wants to go into sex work for a financial gain. It sounds like you ain't putting a dick down like that and she wants to um, explore other options. So um, I would tell you, this might not be the bitch for you right now. <laughs> you might wanna be a, a regular, normal, um, NPC-PC relationship, and this bitch is all the way with the lit shit. You get what I'm saying? So if you're not with that, STIs right there with a, that's the next level. You get what I'm saying? Like once you start um, transmitting diseases and shit, like shit get weird. To me, actually, if you fuck like that, it's like basketball and injuries. You know what I'm saying? Like I expect, I expect a porn stuff like gonorrhea is like an ankle sprain. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like SCDS to like you know what I'm saying? The people that fuck like that is like normal like regular injuries. You know what I'm saying? I, joined, I just recently joined the Muay Thai gym, and I've been doing Muay Thai and shit. And they told me, like, because, you know, I'm old as fuck. I ain't trying to spar a fight or fuck up myself. But they're like, you're going to get hurt just doing this shit normally. And every time, I've I've left with an injury every time, some type of shit. So, yeah, if you're a porn star, nasty bitch, fucking everybody, you're going to leave with a couple bumps and bruises every now and then. You know what I'm saying? You just got to know how to deal with them. I mean, you're going to get the the big deal. The um, What's that? The The blue waffle, what they call that? Was that a real thing? Yeah. yeah what is yeah. it called? Is it blue waffle? Yeah, blue waffle. I saw a couple pics on Instagram. Don't pull it up. Stop. Stop. <laughs> don't pull it up. You don't want to see it? No. Oh, okay. Monkeypox like that? Like monkeypox. I don't want to be gay no more. <laughs> it's too hard to be gay. When when monkeypox, when shit like that exists. I feel like I feel like that's a um I think monkey pox is fake. Why? I think it's just it's just making gay shit not cool. Cause gay was being gay was becoming too cool. And they're like, we gotta shut this shit down one type of way. You get what I'm saying? So we gotta let y'all niggas know. If y'all wanna be on some gay shit, it's stipulations that come behind that. That was the same thing with AIDS and shit back in the day. But I feel like monkeypox is like the world is getting too gay. We gotta shut this shit down. And you saw that? You saw that video? The nigga like, uh, y'all saw that shit? The one white nigga in New York like, uh, I got monkeypox. I'm like, I ain't fucking nobody. I might be jacking off for the rest of my life. Like, I don't want to have no sexual interaction with nobody no more. From that shit, I can't do the podcast no more. Imagine me pulling up with monkeypox. I'm on this bitch trying to talk normal, acting like it don't exist. Like, Niggas going to be in the comments like, he got monkeypox, And the fuck up, they making it some gay shit though. You get what I'm saying? Which is probably, that's such a bad name. They could have thought of a cooler disease name. That's all it is. I think people would be cooler with having diseases if the name sounded, you know what I'm saying? Like monkey pox sound too low vibrational. That sounds that sound broke as fuck. Like catching monkey pox sound like African village type shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I want a designer. I want a designer. Give me a designer disease. You get what I'm saying? Make it sound cool. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I can't think of a cool name right now. I want to think of one. But a cool name for a disease. And I'll be like, I'll I, I, I take that. Like AIDS, AIDS, that shit whack. If you have a cool name for a disease, it's marketing. I guess that's called marketing. All right. I think I went too far. <laughs> I think I went too far on that. <laughs> I told y'all, my. All right. My father in law is moving in. How do I fuck? No, I ain't no fuck. My father in law, hold up. This is crazy. My father in law is going through tough times and he's moving in soon. Have you been in a situation? How do I sneak in a square section? Any idea? Holla at your boy. Heavy squirter, I need a new mattress. Sappy. Um, well, yes, I definitely um know what you're going through. Um in my early twenties as a grown man that should have been having his own thing going on. I live with my grandparents. And um every weekend my grandma have her um boyfriend come through and she'd be like, You can't come back, you gotta go find somewhere to go. Cause she wanted to get her dick on the weekend. She like, nigga. But sometimes I would still pull back up. Like, I would find somewhere to go. I'd be like, fuck that. I'm not going to do it at like three in the morning. Like, grandma, let me in. Like, I'm homeless. Like, let me in. And she'll be so mad. she would show up with her robe and shit. Like, you know what I was doing tonight? <laughs> fuck you, Daniel. And I got to go sleep on the couch and shit. But <laughs> that's my black grandma. But I did, my Filipino grandma, I lived with her after I got out of jail. And it was no bitches, because she didn't, she don't like having, like, random people to her house, so having company and shit like that, but sometimes I would just get, I'd be like, I'm horny, fuck this, and I would just bring a bitch through and just, and we will be doing whatever we got to do, and be like, I would just take the, um, the abuse after the fact, you know what I'm saying, type of shit, but one time, oh my God, we going too deep, um, I had this one random, that's what happens when you go on these, um, this was back, this was old school. So this was back in the day of phone chats. If anybody remember that, like, party line phone chats, you can go on these party. It was, I, I mean, we have the internet and all this kind of shit now with apps, so I'm pretty sure. But if you were, like, really creepy and freaky back in the day, you call these phone chat apps type shit. And then you would call them, and then you can, like, leave a message. Like, I would say some shit like, six foot, big ass dick, hit me up. You hear what I'm saying? And the bitch could go through like these profiles. And they could go through these profiles and shit. And they'll hit you up. there and send you a message and shit. And you have to and then you can talk. And then one time this bitch hit me up, like, yo, come through. Like, you know, she was down to come through. And the bitch came through. But it, I was still living with my grandma. I'm like, I can't really have bitches over here like that, but I'm gonna risk it. Bitch, come through. This bitch pulls up. I mean, I'm I'm not like a uh, a bad guy with like pubic hair and shit. Like I kind of like a little bush here and there. Because it makes me feel grown. Like a bitch pulled up with the ball pussy. It's kind of a little pedophile a little bit. You get what I'm saying? I know bitches like doing that. But I like a little hair on my pussy. You get what I'm saying? But no this bitch had too much hair. She had so much hair that she braided it up and put beads on it. So she had a long like braid from her pubic, a bead. So I was fucking her from the back. And the beads was scraping. It, it was making a scraping noise on the floor. Like, we're trying to be quiet as possible. But my grandma is downstairs hearing this bitch pubic hair beads scrape across the floor. All right, all right. We're going to the next one. So, yeah, I fucked the bitch with pubic hair so long she braided it and put beads on it and thought that would be hot. I mean I'm talking about it today so she did she left a um she left you know what I'm saying I guess in sex cuz I fucked mad people but I don't remember them I remember that bitch <laughs> you know what I'm saying so she left she left her mark you know what I'm saying so I don't even know if the sex was good or anything I just remember the fucking the sound of the beads <laughs> It sounds so fucked up. And my nigga, look, I know he listening to it, Triple Black. My nigga, Triple Black, the one brought the bitch through. Only him will bring a bitch like that. But I just got out of jail, so I was horny. You know what I'm saying? That's the worst shit, getting out of jail. When I first got out of jail, all the homies was like, yo, want to smoke some weed. You want to do some shit, like hang out? Nigga, where the bitches at? That was my first. I, you know the worst shit about me? I didn't get no pussy. I got out of jail. I ain't get no pussy. It took like months. None of the homies got me no bitches. I had to figure it out. My baby mama wasn't giving me no pussy. She like, fuck you, nigga. You you trash. And no one was trying to fuck me, and I felt like I was the most healthy. I was like in shape and shit. You get what I'm saying? You know, you come out of jail. I was doing hundred ups a day. This dick was strong. They don't even know. They get no the worse than me now. If you woulda got the Danny Brown fresh out of jail dick, you woulda really seen my peak potential. Right now, I don't even want to fuck. I don't want to fuck no more. I'm just that's what I say. I don't get married and I'm with my girl no more because I don't want to let nobody down. I think it's too much pressure for me to have sex now. They listen to my music. They hear all this shit. They're like, "Oh, Danny, oh, this nigga," and then I show up and like that. It's normal. I'm I'm forty, bitch. I got sciatica. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no a lot of stroke motion. All right. Keep pushing. Hey, Danny. First off, I love your work. You're a hometown hero. Inspired me a fuck time in my early years. But on some real shit, when it comes to making music and everything else that comes with it, how did you keep your perseverance with it all? From keeping fresh ideas flowing to having a will to keep on pushing even through all those tough times when things weren't getting heard and you, all right, Shouts out to Jake. I get what you're saying. And I feel like we've just been talking about that kind of this entire time. Um, At the end of the day, as far as making music, as far as anything else, like a talent or like comedy, anything else, I feel like you are your best when you're not thinking about a financial gain from it or trying to be popular or trying to be famous or anything. Like you just really expressing your creative. You know what I'm saying? Like me, like I wouldn't. Like, I would make songs that no one would ever hear. Like, I would make music just for me. You get what I'm saying? And it got to the point where the music that I make for me has become so good that other people have to hear it. Because it actually is. Like, I look at myself like kind of like a, I don't want to weird because that sounds cliche, but like a high, I have a high level for music. You get what I'm saying? So, like, like I was hanging out with um, the Tony Henscliffe. I got to bring him back. This nigga had the worst playlist ever. The music this nigga was, bro, destroyed my life last night. And I'm telling him like, and I keep trying to tell him like, bro, you don't get it. Like I make music and you listen to like Big Sean and shit like that. Like he's listening to like real like fuck boy frat, frat boy, I'm, I'm looking at him different now. Like this is the type of shit you like? Like, I'm judging you now because of your musical taste. Like, we were friends until you threw this big shine on. And you vibing to it. I'm seeing you turning up. You like, I'm looking like. And I got to the point I'm like, man, do you, do you really like rap music? Like, I had to ask him, like, a real deep question. Like, I don't think you like rap music like that. I think it's a vibe. Like, you know, because it can be. We always talk about race shit right here. Sometimes like if a a white person like be like I listen to rap music and the certain type of rap you listen to and I'll be like nah you kinda racist (laughs) if that's the rap music you like you kinda (laughs) racist like you get what I'm saying? Any white person that listen to A-side rock, then I know they're official niggas. So that's the um yeah if you white listen to A-side rock. Def jugs, LP, that's white music high tier you get what I'm saying? Don't listen to fucking Jack Harlow. God damn it. But I'm saying, white people trying to be black. That's what makes it cringe when white rappers try to be like black rappers. You can be a white rapper and still be good. That's what I'm talking about. Like A-Side Rock is the, the epitome. Like I listened to an a Rock album the other day and I was like, what the fuck am, why do I even do this? Like he make you question your life kind of shit. And that's what it should be. So for you, um, you talking about how I persevered through all of it all. Nobody wanna listen to my music and this and that. No one listen to my music now, motherfucker. Don't care about that shit. Be creative as you want, go as wide as you want, keep it to yourself. And if it's that good, eventually somebody's gonna seek it out and they're gonna fuck with it. And they're gonna- That's the only thing I can say about that. We got some voicemails if you want them. Oh yeah. Let's see what's going on. Hey Danny, love the show. How was your experience creating a track with
2: Portugal the Man? "Evil Friends" is one of my most listened to tracks and is on all my playlists. Did you get mixed into their track or did you work with them in the studio? Your lines are fucking dope in that song. Cheers from Minnesota, man. Nick.
0: Um, thank you. And that is um, that was um crazy something. But no, actually um, they um, it's one of those email things. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people that I work with, like people think I think like in um normal shit. Like people think when you work with somebody or some shit, like you cool with them or you know I never met that nigga one time in my life. I don't even know how he look. You get what I'm saying? It was a thing that came through my manager, they pay me. He sent me the song. And the difference is I would say with that song is I did take my time kinda. I like kinda like it, it was kinda like, you know, I just identify with it. You get what I'm saying? So I fucking um yeah, that's how you look. Don't do that. make me feel bad for saying something like this. But yeah, Portugal, the man. But yeah, that is a good song. But I um, took that song and um, I wrote the shit out of it. Where'd you say that? I wrote the shit out of it. So yeah. All right, we got one more here from Sam.
2: Hey, Danny. This is Sam from New York. I'm a young art student, just turned 21. And I recently tried a Blue Claw Various Poison. Uh, a.k.a. the 5-M-E-O version of the DMT. And, um, yeah, it was the most profound, life-changing experience ever, uh, like a lot of people say. But I just wanted your opinion on, like, I've been working on my integration. I've been working on my visualization, trying to think of creative stuff. You know, since I'm an artist, I want to be able to see things better, see, you know, shapes, ideas, all that stuff better. And I wanna say how do you apply your learning from your psychedelic experiences to your work and how do you then, you know, show your work, show your learning in your own work. Thank you so much, Danny.
0: Um I'm actually on a mushroom binge right now. Like So um yeah, um you should I think it's like fuck therapy, fuck re- I don't to say that. Shouts out to BetterHelp, (laughs) but fuck therapy, fuck rehab, just take mushrooms, it's gonna get you through. You can do whatever you want. Look, I've been on a um, week-long, well, month-long mushroom binge right now, and um, I joined a Muay Thai gym. Danny Brown is kicking pads and doing dumb shit. I never would have did shit like that. I definitely, st- I think I'm still tripping, and once I get uh, <laughs> once I get normal, out of this mushroom bins that I'm on, I haven't seen normal shit in a long time. Every like trees and shit, it all been purple. I haven't seen a normal color in a long time. So, um, look, we do mushrooms. It's like 11 a.m. <laughs> you know the fuck that part about me? Because people be like, oh, mushrooms are so disgusting. They taste so nasty. I've taken so much mushrooms that I actually like the taste now. So like a pistachio. You know what I'm saying? Like, to the point... (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you take mushrooms that much, you'll be like... You start to kind of like crave the taste. Like, you'll be like... I want that. Like, ugh. (laughs) That's how lean is, too. When you get to the point where you're drinking lean too much. Because lean, in the beginning stages, it tastes so amazing, like... It's the most, lean is the best drug ever as far as like a taste, like having a acquire, you know what I'm saying? But it gets to the point where you start drinking lean so much, you like, I really want to taste the medicine aspect of it. You get what I'm saying? So you want to you want to know what's fucking you up, kind of. And I feel like mushrooms, every people are like, I love mushrooms, but they taste so nasty. They say, I love the taste of mushrooms. Shots out of me. So, um. White people shit, this show is going good. <laughs> the time is going by so fast. I looked up like, damn. I feel like I've been doing this shit for like five minutes. I look up, I'm like, damn. Sometimes because like, the you know, the flat, like the like a few episodes will be like, damn. I'm like killing myself. The shit is like, time is not going fast. But mushrooms, everything's quick. All right, hold up. Some white people shit.
2: White people shit.
0: Some white people shit is when you're ready to go home from a function for whatever reason and you don't give an excuse. You just act tired and say it's getting late. I better head home. Or act like, that ain't white people What the fuck are you talking about? That's normal nigga shit. Everybody do that shit. You talking to the, the king. The king of, bro, I wouldn't even tell you. Bro, I would dip in a heartbeat. Um. One of my fa- um the worst dippings I did, um and you can hear it. It's actually look we we bringing up Big Shine again. It's on um Big Shine and um Dave Chappelle did a skit on his album where he talked about me, and he um he made it seem like I fucking laced him with some fucking ill. But the point is, it's Dave Chappelle, and I looked up him like he's like a god to me type of shit. So just the fact that he even invited me to his show and wanted to hang out with me was like. Crazy and shit. So he started talking. I'm. Let me tell my side of the story right now. So he started talking shit. He was actually hanging out with Big Shine Dad, and Big Shine Dad was talking shit like, um, yeah, we was hanging out with Wiz Khalifa. We smoking big joints and this and that, this and that. And I was like, "Dad, you know I, you know I got that pack in my bag, right? I mean, he like, oh yeah, I do that. It yeah, was up. Let's pull the pack out. But the thing is, and. I mean, you gotta think he made how high. I mean, you know it's Dave Chappelle, so I want to bring out the best of best of what I got. So I had the the illest weed that I can think of, but I um I wrapped it in um in in wax. You know how to do that? Like make a worm. You make like make a worm and like put it in the backwood, and then so he's he feel like I laced him. I don't feel like I laced him. Because it's still THC. But I remember he was smoking. I remember one time we was smoking a blunt. We smoking a blunt backstage. And he talking to Big Sean Dad, and shit, And he was drinking and shit. And he was like, man, I'm smoking blunts. I'm drinking. I got to go on stage in a minute. This is the most unprofessional shit I ever. And to me, I was thinking to myself like, nigga. This is what I have to do to be able to get the confidence to go on a stage. You get what I'm saying? So, but. He went on stage and literally, I mean, we saw um uh, Michael Jordan on the Wizards type shit. Like, this nigga was. Bro, he was so fucked up. He did a bit, like he did a bit. This, but when when you listen to the um sketch, what he talk about it, he he says, like, oh, I seen Danny Brown. I like I walked out on like I got him fucked up. He went on stage, he was bombing, and like I like ditched him when I saw him bombing. No, I only left. Because he did a bit in the beginning, and then he did the same bit like 45 minutes later acting like he never said that before. I'm like, oh, this nigga fucked up. And that's when I grabbed my shit and I got up out of there. (laughs) And then, but the fucked up part, I was home, and he he was calling me. He called me and shit like, where you at? Nigga! I don't want to say. But I I think they feel a way about me about that shit. And I want to tell him, look, everybody the whole world know. Uh, fuck your feelings, nigga. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck. I think sometimes, you know what? I remember a point in time in my life where um as a kid, they always, you know, you go to school and shit. They ask you what you want to be when you grow up. I would always said, since I could remember, I always said I wanted to be a rapper and the entire class used to laugh at me. You got to think, we talking about late 80s, early 90s. No, that was not a cool job to be like. Everybody was like, I want to be a basketball player. Flip, nigga, come on. People were saying like, outrageous ass jobs that you know these motherfuckers weren't going to do. I actually became the motherfucker that I said who was in kindergarten. You asked me, what I want to be when I grow up? I said, I want to be a rapper. Looking at LL Cool J, I'm bad. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's the shit I want to do I want to do that shit and I did it y'all motherfuckers can't be mad at me but at the end of the day I don't really think um I don't really think I'm that um I think I made myself into that like you know they talk talk about that um the 10,000 hour I really just think I just did 10,000 hours (laughs) I probably could you know what I'm saying I could have put that energy towards anything else and I probably would have you know what I'm saying so what, we got some since we talking about rap shit, we got some freestyles. Let me hear your bust of freestyle. It's Papa Brand recording live in the
1: session. Too much involved can clear it all with a message. Digging early confessions. The kind of mess to leave you still. My energy need protection from the contact of these valuable lessons. My tracks are like my babies holding very deep to my heart till I put them out. Postpartum depression, flow hard for connection. The cold hearted progressive, My soul darker for pressure. This road started a carnival till it got so aggressive. How's it going doggy? Shit been wild. Came from older age like reactions I pal. To classes to get on track was on the path. to 2020 came clashing my route. Jobs I had wasn't quite helping me. Yet. Out. That money went cause shit happened so quick like the marriages. I wasn't having it. Look at this, went through that experience. I had to gather all the necessities. I was living in complete hell. Nobody cared. Had to get out my cell. Show and tell. Pain in a shell. To give it out for sale. Clyde tell. Those who have heard of me way before the skills. Passion spill. waiting in the water. Tossing the daffodils. Had to sit still. Listen to God. Tell me the deal. Motherfucker speaking the truth. Not really owning up. Blaming you were really evolution. What you really want? I've been only searching for my peace when I relief. i blunt. they be been choking seeds Get in between the interfere the stunt Leaving the receipt for the repeated actions Making fronts Gawking on this meat instead of achieving Where they really wanna be But come at me to speak crazy on a G Like, please mind your own Please,
0: me, hey. On the set, on the set Now, he remind me um, He remind me of me Not but, not saying like that, but I, Like, even without um, Like, I'm gonna just say it like this Not the rap or anything like, I just know we have, I know what you're going through, bro. He know. He know I can say, like, keep keep going. Keep going. That's all. That you was, remind me of me. That was Brandon McFlight. Brandon McFlight? Yeah. That's a terrible rap name. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's a real <drill>, name. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My rap name is Denny Brown, so. <laughs> I'm not the one that could fucking... Talk shit about rap names.
2: This guy's got a cool rap name. His name's Goodnight Car Crash. Hey,
0: big sky fucking
2: line pole tucking I-45 in a coupe hear the engine clucking from the HR gas no brakes yeah we live channel 5 most noise in the state and them boys got the forks so I just put you on a plate get dirty down in tastes red dust on my baits. and your bitch on my boots she get redder than the state. pull up on a horse and shoot man mustang fate I just bust they great turn that block to Napa Valley it ain't just my state I got shooters out in Cali all the way to fucking rally we be racking up the tally getting rich then dinner, Sadie, take that ass off, copper a Audi, ay. So you don't pass that, go down like Nasdaq. Fuck a phone call, I should use a Snapchat. Oh, I want you back that ass so I can tap that. Give me good head. she got that snap back. Oh, I'm crash that, coot hit a lap track. And she send me a couple hundred through the cash chat. This ain't honeymoon, but we passed that. What that money do? Make her ass fat.
0: hey my nigga, you got to put your dog, take the dog outside or something. <laughs> I was hearing the dog barking. I'm thinking about the distress, what the dog is going through. Because you know I love animals and shit. Like, he he was, he was, it was a cry for help. You sitting here sending Denny Brown freestyle videos. He got to go, he got to go take a piss or something. Take him outside, my nigga, the dog. But no, that was actually good. And, um, um, you look like you can probably be, um, um a pop a pop rapper like coming to me. I'm not I can't help. Yeah, look at him. Look at this nigga. Sign this nigga now. We'll write songs for him. We'll figure it out. He got a six pack and shit. We'll make it out. Come on. Take your shirt off. Get some get a tattoo on your face. I'll make you a star tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, take the dog out. He got a piss, man. You hear dropping bars. The fucking dog got a piss. But yeah, you have a nice look. You can um, you could be um. That's what people don't understand. A lot of times, some of your most favorite rappers, the popular rappers and shit that blew up, is not necessarily because their music's the way they looked. You know, it's like a um. Think about it. When I first jumped off when I came off this bitch, I had a fucking perm to the side, a missing tooth. Like I looked. I look retarded. If we really want to, yeah, let's go some old Danny Brown. Look at this guy. Yeah, look at that guy. Right there. Look. <laughs> I give him a record deal. I don't even got to hear his music. I don't even got to, and guess what? This nigga could rap his ass off, though. That's the difference. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. I think that's a thing. If you look fucked up, because of the time in my life where, um, like, going to, like, the early, like, 2000s and shit, like, I've been all around, or, I actually thought about this uh, not too long ago, but um when I was, like, um I was getting, like, I met an A&R shuts out trap. It was an um, A&R at Rockefeller, and he was, like, trying to get me signed and shit, but this was during the time, like, when Rockefeller was going through, like, they were already broke up, we just didn't know in the public eye. And I remember, like, literally sitting with Dame Dash and, like, like, my homie was, like, telling him, like, this nigga got to be the truth. Like, fuck with him. Like, listen to his shit. You know what I'm saying? And Dame listened to it. Guess what he said? Dame listened to my shit a little bit and he's just like, good luck, get money. <laughs> the nigga literally listened to my music and told me, good luck, get money, shook my hand and walked out the door. But now we look at, but think about if Dame Dash would have just took Danny Brown right then. He didn't know, he didn't know. But then look, it it gets so ill that for you know what I'm fucking on tour with Fifty Cent. You get what I'm saying? Like, so I've been like me in my rap career. I've um, I've been around so much great like seeing the top top niggas, and then so I was able to be like. That's not what I really want. I don't really want... You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to... I don't want to be like a... It, it felt to me like a... Um. You know when you watch like a hamster on the wheel kind of thing? And they just got to make songs and shit. I mean, at the end of the day, it's called the music business. And a lot of the time, I, I feel bad about myself that I didn't sacrifice that shit. You know, because it could have embedded a lot of other people's lives, not mine. You know? Like, take care of your family type shit. One song could fucking... And I just don't got it in me. Like, I really just don't got it in me to make some bullshit. I will, I will, I I wouldn't be able to sleep good at night if I had, like, a number one hit song that I didn't like. You get what I'm saying? There's nothing feel worse than, and then you got to perform this song all around the world. You on stage singing some shit. You really don't. You don't even like this song. You get what I'm saying? Like, But at the end of the day, I feel it's like a double-edged sword in it because I feel bad when I know I can do that. And it can take care of so many people if I just make one dumb hit song. and You know? But too much pride, man. I got too much pride (laughs) to do some dumb shit like that. So, um, yeah, for the most part, Danny Brown songs are going to be Danny Brown songs. I'm not about to fucking fight. I feel like um and you know what made me feel good? Like um Homegirl, like the Stranger Things like um, the Stranger Thing song, that song that blew up that haven't who was that? Kate Bush? Yeah. Somebody like Kate Bush, you get what I'm saying? Like twenty years later I might be dead and gone and one of my songs might crack or it might influence even I already know it's doing that, but influence the next shit to go. So I'm more happy with being uh, the root to the tree that grows than actually being a fucking leaf. You get what I'm saying? So I'm the root of this shit. And I even see it now. Like a lot of like the newer rappers and shit that's coming up now, it's Danny Brown all over them without them realizing it. Because there's a lot of shit before I came around, shit wasn't like that. All right, all right. We talking too much. Let's, um. what we got? Drip sets? Drip set. First up here, everyone's talking. We got
2: Brad Pitt at one of his movie premieres. He's wearing this uh, like skirt. What do you think of this?
0: Hold up, pull it up. Me... This nigga kinda look fly though. Hold up. Okay. Hmm. Niggas was hating on this? Not Hayden, but everyone's talking about it like, oh shit, Brad Pitt's wearing a, like a skirt to his movie premiere like people were talking about it. I'm, all right, this is what I'm going to say about it. This outfit is a 10 out of 10 to me, but if it's Rick Owens, then it's a zero. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So this outfit is, for the aesthetic and the look, he's pulling off, he pulled it off. Brad Pitt looking. This is a hot-ass nigga anyway. You get what I'm saying? So for him to show up, The type of nigga, like, he trying to make himself look ugly right now. When you can make yourself try to, like, be like, I'm not sexy, I'm not hot. Trying to do anything to make people, and then you can still be hot after that. So, this outfit is a 10 out of 10 to me. I wore something like this a few days ago. I didn't even know he did this. But what I would say is the, um, just the color. A pink with a brown with a black. That's crazy. I love, uh, maybe it's the mushrooms. But I really, that's what happened with mushrooms. You love everything. But I really do love this outfit. I will wear this all day. He put me up on game with this. But if it's Rick Owens, then he's trash. So, yeah, they did the Rick. They fucked up the Rick, man. What'd they do? They just fucked it up. Because people feel like you can throw Rick on and it's like, I got Rick on. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Rick is not. It's not like that. So <clears throat> it got a time in my life where I was like, like, I couldn't just wear this shit hanging out in Detroit. Y'all niggas don't even know. It's a point in time in my life where I couldn't even I couldn't the way I dress, it was uh it was dangerous, if I will say I can say that. Like I knew certain places that I couldn't go or stop just because of the way I looked. You get what I'm saying? And when Rick. <laughs> that was one of those things. And I feel like it's almost like a rebellion. When I think about it, it's almost like dangerous. When you think about it, imagine you know just by the way you look, you can fucking get beat up or fucking someone would shoot you. Like, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. The me, was like growing up in like the early 90s and shit a gay dude would walk, they would beat that nigga up. You get what I'm saying? Like, you was no, so at the end of the day, like, you were, like, trained to be homophobic in some sense. Like, a motherfucker didn't realize that shit was wrong until you got grown. Because you're still a kid, like, teenagers and all that shit, but when you got grown and you realized, like, no, that's not right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't how shit supposed to be. But yeah, growing up in it, but you know what else, too, it was me going to other places. If I stay in like Michigan, like Detroit my whole life, but when you go to like New York or like LA or London and you just see how more open and um open-minded and free everybody is, you get what I'm saying? Like shit like that. I ain't say San Francisco, because that's next level shit. <laughs> the freakiest shit ever is San Francisco. San Francisco, I mean, people think it's Vegas if you want to pay for it. But if you lived in San Francisco, like, whatever you're into, like, sexually, you definitely can find it there. Like, motherfuckers move there to do kinky, freaky shit. You get what I'm saying? So, shouts out to San Francisco. <laughs> I love y'all motherfuckers. If shit don't work out, if shit don't work out in Austin, <laughs> I might be moving there next. But only thing about San Francisco is the homelessness. Austin had that problem, too. But I moved up north. I only really got to see it like that. Living downtown, it's nasty. I ain't like that shit. The homelessness here is next level, because people, the thing is about homelessness here, is people are happy with being homeless. Like they fuck with it, like this is my shit. Like it's this one Target, I go to this Target, and it's, um, I don't know where it's at, but I ain't gonna just, um shout out no. Y'all niggas ain't about to dox me. But I go to my Target, and it's like a freeway, it's a bridge. And these niggas is under this bridge like a nightclub. Every time I go to Target, I look at it. They don't look like they're having a bad time. They don't look, you know, homeless. If you go to Michigan and you see homeless people in Michigan, like during cold winters and shit, they don't look too happy. Like the whole expression on their face, everything about them, the vibe, shit don't look like it's a good time. But when you go Austin, Texas, like 6th Street, these niggas is happy with being homeless. They don't give a fuck. They like, niggas, lit. Fuck a crib. They think, I think they took the mushrooms and they think we're living in the same like. I'm really living the real shit of well, what the cavemen, like, I'm living real actual civilization. Y'all niggas living behind bills. Y'all niggas is dumb. I'm lit. But yeah. Niggas be up under the bridge, barefoot, dirty feet. No shirt on, cut off shorts and shit, but it looked like they're having a great time. Um, video game reviews. Video game reviews. I actually haven't, um, like I said, I've been playing Power Watch Simulator, but I actually haven't um, been really fun with you. I'm just really getting excited about all the sports games that's coming back up, which I had to realize to myself that I'm not a gamer. I am. I'm an old school gamer. You get what I'm saying? I, I still play. I play um, NBA games on broadcast. That fucks a lot of kids up. But I realized that that was a um, that's just a general. Uh, uh, you know, I used to play. Y'all don't remember if it was a game called Bulls versus Blazers. <laughs> I played Lakers versus Celtics. Y'all don't remember this shit? EA Sports, whatever. See, this was so lit. Like before 2K, look, Lakers versus Celtics. EA no, you actually pulling up the game. Pull up what was Look. If we can look at this shit. This is what I used to play. The actual um the cartridge like put like, the actual fine of that shit kind of dope though. But yeah, I used to play this shit until they had um it was Bulls versus Blazers, Lakers versus Celtics, all that shit until it changed to NBA Live. Then NBA Live was the first NBA Live ninety five was game changing, was life changing. So NBA Live ninety five came out and blah blah blah. So they had five years of um of stunting, and then NBA two K came up, and a lot of people don't realize like two K. I know two K is God and like basketball sport video game world but in the beginning 2k niggas didn't like 2k because it was too simulated like 2k it was one point in time it wasn't even it, it had changed it and it was um called espn i think and that one year where it was um espn basketball that was like the most simulated video game basketball you can ever play in your life and it, it wasn't fun to people like people won't Lightweight, you wanna play a real basketball game or you wanna play NBA jam? You get what I'm saying? And I feel like people at this point, look, this is me having to talk to 2K. Um this I've grown with these games my entire life. I don't give a fuck. Like I want to have the actual realization of being in an NBA game and playing actual basketball. I don't wanna have to fucking dribble you know what I'm saying? Do a thousand crossovers and, this and that. So I get y'all want to make y'all money, y'all want to do that. But at the end of the day, a person like me, I'm fucking 40 years old. I've been playing these games since they started. We want a real simulator in this shit. Like I can play NBA Jam. Or I can go back and NBA Street. Play some shit like that. I want to really play a real NBA basketball game. Like make me feel like. And I know that's boring to a regular gamer or video person or whatever the fuck. But please, just make it more more real. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to feel like I'm playing a video game. I really want the actual stress of, like, what the Celtics just went through. You get what I'm saying? Make me feel like Jason Tatum. Because he was going through it. All right. What's next? What we got? Oh, um. I guess see about us the end phases of this shit right here. And I want to tell everybody, um, I actually, fuck, I left my um That's what happened. I was rushing. But um, we're going to start a new segment that I've been on this mushroom binge. I've been writing poetry. I don't think it's actual poetry. It's just me <laughs> saying my random thoughts. But uh, from mushroom trips, because they told me that, like, when you're tripping on mushrooms, just start writing shit down. And I I can remember a little bit of what I was um, microdosing is for pussies. I feel like they trying to make microdosing a thing to not let people take mushrooms the real way and find out the real shit, because they know mushrooms is tapping into some other shit that um they don't want you to know about. Don't make me be a conspiracy theory ass nigga and all that bullshit, but. Um, I'm going to be that guy right now. When I, um, I literally took my Like I'm telling you, when you take it too much, when you start to hear voices, and they start to talk to you and shit. And my voices told me, um, microdosing is for pussies. And only reason why they're trying to popularize that and make it like a thing because they don't want people to really experience what mushrooms are supposed to do. And if everybody think about it, if the whole world was on mushrooms. If we looked at if we popularize mushrooms the same way fentanyl is right now. Like, I remember a time in life where fentanyl was like a thing where everybody was scared of fentanyl. Nobody wanted to do fentanyl. Now niggas is seeking out fentanyl. Like, niggas is really fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? So, if the whole world was on mushrooms, we would love each other. Like, we were really like, um, yeah. I got caught up on some um, a whole um, loop of telling me... Look, I'm going to go this deep. I took so many mushrooms one time, I actually saw my grave. Like, literally. Like, it showed me my fucking where I'm going to die, where I'm going to be. And I feel like that was one of the, like, the most thing that I was scared of was death. And now I'm not saying I'm ready for it or something like that because I do enjoy the lifetime that I have right now. But I'm not scared of it anymore. Like, I know now it's not a bad thing. Like, Taking the mushrooms and all that, and just having that experience, and it's telling me like that's graduating almost. That's when you, it's almost like a video game to me. You feel me? Like when you look like niggas death. Death is a video game. Like when you look at like um Pac-Man and got the high scores and shit. Like Tupac and Biggie got a high score. <laughs> like them niggas did it at 24. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. Pac and Big died at 24. Them niggas wasn't even, they ain't even experienced life yet. And the type of music that they made for that age, that's why I i, I hear a lot of these kids and they, they always try to talk shit about like Pac and Big, like it's boring music or talk shit about that. But they were 24 years old when they died. And the type of music that they made lived on generations. The type of music y'all niggas make, we not going to listen to that shit next year. So really think about what you're saying when you talk about like, so I would say like in my, I saw it, like in my high score of life, Pac, and B, even though we went through, the Big was um cheating, Big was cheating. That's why Pac, think about it. That's why Pac act the way he act. He knew this nigga was cheating. Oh, fuck this nigga. This nigga, that's why Pac acted like that, man. I get it now, man. And the thing about it is that Pac was like a nigga. Um, he's one of those type of niggas that um catching lightning in a bottle type. You know? I feel like Biggie and Puffy, they like they like the Dr. Dre shit, like these niggas work on songs like they make one song for a month, type shit. Like keep going over it, going over it, going over it. Fucking with it. Fucking Pac is the type of nigga, he make a song that day we heard it tomorrow. Fuck a mix. Fuck everything, nigga. This is how I feel. So at the end of the day, to him, he wasn't making music. It was almost like he was being like, you know, like um like political. Like when you hear like like a Dr. Martin Luther King speech, right? That was crazy. Just like Dr. Martin Luther King. <laughs> that just sounds crazy. But just hearing like even if you want to go through that, like, do people do that? Am I weird for doing it? I go listen to speeches and shit. Is that fucked up? No, that's not weird. No, not at all. But no, that's like the top form of I feel like expression in life. Like cuz you got to think me as a rapper, I go on stage, I'm hiding behind the beats. Boom boom boom. You know, jumping around, we dancing. Comedians, they go on stage, they tell jokes. They still hiding behind the laughter. But a person that can go on stage and hold the mic and talk about like real like real shit, like be about this. and People are entertaining by that. That's like the pinnacle of the shit. You get what I'm saying? So maybe one day I might be like that. I think for me, I think my next level from transferring to, um like making music and everybody sound funny and shit. Like I don't think I will like. I tried to do stand up one time with Hannibal and I realized that stand up, um, it's long. I know y'all don't get what I'm saying, but Imagine like being on, st- like making music and like doing rap and shit. It's like it go kind of quick, but doing stand up a minute is like 10 minutes. Like, you think you got this joke, you wrote this joke and you fleshed it out, you did all that, and then you go on stage and you say it, and you're like, nigga, that was 30 seconds. I got 10. All right. <laughs> we almost up out of this motherfucker. So, um, shout out to everybody. Um, so I will say this, um, we 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 are we're, we're trying to get guests so all y'all motherfuckers that want to come hang out <laughs> stop stop complaining about uh, um, I'm the top G you came to the Denny Brown show for Denny Brown fuck everybody else i'm out this bitch <laughs>